Whenever we start something new, a new job or joining a new group, we're usually pretty aware of our first words and our actions. They make an impression. They plant a seed. Today, we hear Jesus' very first words in Mark's gospel. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Now, at first, it might sound and feel a little sweet and sour, fulfillment and repent. But we can quickly begin to understand that one involves the other, and both are elements of the kingdom of God that Jesus has come to proclaim. In fact, the Greek word for time that Mark uses today, kairos, it doesn't mean clock time, but it means instead more than clock time, and it has about it a feel for an opportune moment, a moment where much more is going on than meets the eye. We would expect nothing less from the first words of Jesus. If we follow the thread of the readings today, and in fact, if we follow the thread of the church's liturgies, which are bookending today's Mass on Friday and tomorrow on Monday, we'll find a definite theme for us to consider. In the readings today, all three, it shows up all over the place. Repent, turn from the evil way. And in the church's liturgy tomorrow, we have our parish feast day, the conversion of St. Paul. Conversion, turn from sin. And then on Friday, we had a beautiful holy hour here and mass in recognition of the day of penance and prayer for the legal protection of unborn children. Just as Nineveh, the great city, was called to repent, the United States and many other countries are also called to repent for sins against life if we really want to be fulfilled. Now, obviously, there are all kinds of sins against life that the church rejects. But on this Roe v. Wade anniversary, one, of course, stands out. Listen to St. Teresa of Calcutta's words, her prophetic words, from the National Prayer Breakfast in Washington in 1994. I feel that the greatest destroyer of peace today is abortion because it is a war against the child, a direct killing of the innocent child. And if we accept that a mother can kill even her own child, how can we tell other people not to kill one another? How do we persuade a woman not to have an abortion? 
as always, we must persuade her with love. And we remind ourselves that love means to be willing to give until it hurts. Jesus gave even his life to love us. So the mother who is thinking of abortion should be helped to love. That is to give until it hurts her plans or her free time to respect the life of her child. The father of that child, whoever he is, must also give until it hurts. By abortion, the mother does not learn to love. And that father is told that he does not have to take any responsibility at all for the child he has brought into the world. The father is likely to put other women into the same trouble. So abortion just leads to more abortion. Any country that accepts abortion is not teaching its people to love, but to use any violence to get what they want. This is why the greatest destroyer of love and peace is abortion. In so many ways, every time, every moment is an opportune moment. When we wake up each day, we can choose to do God's will, which is expansive and gives life, or to do our own will, which is ultimately narrow and leaves us empty. That's why we're so fortunate to have Jesus' own words. That's why we are so blessed to have Jesus' own body and blood to feed us. And that's why we're fulfilled by the church and her understanding of what is truly at the heart of love. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please consider supporting us by visiting stpaulparish.org. That's stpaulparish.org. God bless and see you next time.